everybody, welcome to another episode of the South Point Sessions. Uh, with me, Pastor Josh, and me, Pastor Matt. Yes. I thought we called this After Hours. I think Tegan's been calling it After Hours. Well, let's call it After Hours then. That's after fine. Hours Podcast. That's what it says right there. After I'm, Hours Podcast. I don't know. I, uh, cool. Do, do you like it? Uh, yeah. Mm, I don't know if I believe you. No, I'm I'm good with either. It's fine. Do we need a better name? No. Do you think it even matters? I don't think it matters. Do you think the 13 people that listen to this doesn't matter? I mean, five, but that's, oh, okay. that's a whole other thing. Until we get on Apple, then that is going to be well, out I of control. D- I, did, I do think that just being on Spotify hinders. Okay, but this is like an Android Apple debate kind of thing. Like Spotify is good. They have great pl- playlists. I get it, but it, but you know how like super fanatical Apple users are. And so if it's outside of a a normal Apple app, mm. they're not going to use it. And I just think if we got on on the Apple podcast stuff, we're going to go from 5 to at least 8 to 9 listeners. I mean that might get us some uh, sponsorship deals. Come on. Who would you like to be sponsored by? Like if if like if someone was going to sponsor yeah. after hours. Um Bitcoin. I mean, yes. I didn't realize there are professional athletes that are getting part of their salary paid for in in cryptocurrency. Yeah. It's a big deal. But that is not what this podcast Let's is. Let's talk we about could, Jesus. We could we could go down the crypto Oh man. Um, the crypto hallway. Oh and man, it's not good. It's worse. It's every, actually worse than the YouTube downward spiral. Every week we make mention of it, so I'm just I'm just gonna leave it. One of these days we're gonna talk about crypto and oh, church. Oh my goodness, this is gonna be wild. Okay, okay. so uh, last weekend we talked about intentional community. Yes. So the idea around it is um, the whole intentional series is that things just don't happen to people that you have to be very intentional around it. So the overall idea is if you want community, you have to be intentional about it. And you really laid out a few different things around what intentional community actually looks like um, and what you're hoping it will look like for South Point. So we'll go through those just really quickly. Um, If my phone, oh my goodness, you ever have like your face recognition doesn't recognize your face? (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially with COVID, right? Like you're, you're, you were always wearing your mask Yeah, and it never turned on. I honestly thought about redoing my facial recognition with COVID with my mask on it, so that it would pick it up. So you have a beautiful face. Thank you. Um, for me, you ever watch a Seinfeld episode where like Jerry's dating this woman and depending on the light, she looks like a different person. No, I don't watch Seinfeld. Okay. Well, he did. And at one point she's beautiful, but then she's in a certain light. She looks like a vampire. That's me. Uh, So the four things that we talked about. So a community, intentional community is encouraging, fun, attractional, and loving. So let's start with encouraging. You kind of outlined it, but when you think encouraging community, what what does that really look like? And why is it so important? well, it's important because who doesn't like to be encouraged? Mm. 
I mean, when you're having a bad day, you know, like right now, Josh, your hair yeah. looks amazing. And in this light, that jacket looks fantastic on you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you feel encouraged? I feel complimented. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think with when it when it comes to community, there yeah there there's compliments, but there's an encouragement where where you walk out of a group, you walk out of a, a out of a situation, conversation, yeah. Um, where sometimes you feel like you could take on the world. Yeah. You know, you walk out feeling like you know Samson with the long locks of beautiful hair and you know the muscles and. You know, the spiritual muscles or the, not even the spiritual component, but just emotionally, you may be down. Or, yeah. Um, sometimes even physically, you may be down. And a good group, a good hangout, a good uh, community engagement thing to, with, with with the people around you hmm. can encourage you, can breathe life to you. I, I saw an interesting, um, it was like an article from Newsweek or something. This was a few years ago. Hmm. But it talked about the top 10 um, reasons why people live the longest. Hmm. Okay. So in this, in this article, it was talking about like healthy food choices, but was not number one. Hmm. Um, good physical exercise, not number one. And they listed a bunch of stuff. And, and the number one thing that gave people long life was community hmm. an encouraging person. So they use the example of waking up every morning in your older years and going and having coffee with the same five people hanging out at the same coffee, coffee shop, yep. having a good laugh, having a good time with one another and walking away and having this, hope this encouragement hmm. this this thing where you walked away and said man i'm 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 just so gosh darn happy to be in that group mm-hmm. i'm so happy to be together gosh darn. yeah well wow. you know i'm i'm getting my southern <laughs> my southern vibes tonight but i think that's what it is it's just these groups that we want people to walk away and go man yeah I don't want to miss the next time we get together. I literally heard that fly in the microphone. That's amazing. Um, wow. I, I want to be with this group of people. I want to feel encouraged. When I'm down, I want I want the compliments, but I'm also looking for people to build me up and right. to lift me up and sometimes pull me out of these things um, because it matters. Mm-hmm. There's so many times we try to deal with life's curveballs and life's challenges and tribulations and all those things. And we try to deal with it on our own. Mm -hmm. And yet there is a group of people. There could be a group of people that could walk through life and journey through life with us. Okay. So, so help me out with this because lots of times when we talk about encouragement in community, I think when we, look at it from a church vantage point or a Christian vantage point, lots of times when we talk about community, it has to be the entirety of the community, right? So like the entirety of the local church that you're in. Right. So, and often in the New Testament, Paul and, you know, a bunch of other authors, including the gospel, you know, in the gospels, there's this 
there's this propensity towards encourage one another, right? Speak a good word to each other, which, which is great. But why is it then that we are so attracted to like what you just described, like um, a friend's scenario? And yet I think that that's realistic versus an entire church body of people where now you have to be friends with all of them and like everything has to be hunky-dory and good and, you know, just gosh darn amazing. Right. Like, why is it that we don't, when we talk about encouragement, we automatically assume it's just Christians in general. Instead of it being, why can't you be able to find those, your people, and then just walk through that? Well, I think the Bible actually shows us, more specifically Jesus, shows mm. us that there are tiers, there's levels, there's um, depth of friendship, mm. right? Jesus had 12 disciples, yep. but out of those 12, he had four mm. that were closer to him. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, he had one mm. that was maybe the closest to him. And yet, in all of that, he was able to from a a universal church standpoint, Mm -hmm. the global church, deal with that, um, encouraging people with a good word, with a, you know, go fight, fight the good fight, run the good race, that kind of thing. But the closer the circle becomes, the more um, authentic, Mm -hmm. real, raw that you can be with people, and the more encouraging you can you can be because you're opening yourself up more mm-hmm. instead of the what's the placations of of normal life. Hey, right. how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Good. How are the kids? Great. Mm-hmm. Nice weather, eh? Yeah. And so, yeah, sure. It's nice to be part of the local church, but can I just be real? I just want to be really honest with you. Um, here we go. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, don't at me. Email Josh. Yeah. Um. I haven't always liked every single person I've gone to church with. What? I haven't been best friends with every single person in a congregation. Um, There have been Christians who have rubbed me the wrong way and made me feel like garbage. Yeah. And I can still love them with the love of the Lord, as it were, and treat them with respect and treat them with certain amount of dignity that comes with that. But at the uh, end of the day, there's, you know, they're not going to be in my 12, four or one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where we get this idea where somehow that everybody needs to be in our 12. Right. Um, and yet God created us all vastly different mm-hmm. with da- different personalities and uh, different attractional things like, you know, for every person who might like me, there sure as heck is a bunch of other people who don't like me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't expect that those people who don't like me to be part of my inner, you know, social group, my, my inner yeah. small group, because I'm not going to divulge my life to them and they're probably not going to divulge their life to me. And so we're already putting up blocks and hindrances there that are not going to make it work. And so it's going to be hard for me to encourage you if you don't like me, if you don't even want to be really in the same room as me. And and it's not hate. It's not 
no. you know, what any of that stuff. It's just like, eh, you know, uh, some people like tacos and others don't. It's okay. But And the reason why I wanted to talk about that was because I think people feel that pressure. I, th- I honestly think people get to points where they're like, well, like, I know it, this is irrational probably that I, you know, I don't want to be around all these people all the time. Like there are a certain few, but then we get into, well, you shouldn't be clicky. I, I actually really think that even the way that you described, you know, Jesus's tiered system or, you know, cast, whatever, whatever you call it. <laughs> never, never mind. Uh, like the idea behind it is really that you can't go that deep with a ton of people that you do need folks around you. And like, I think sometimes we get to points where like, Oh, encouragement. Cool. Well, you need to be around Christians for that. Well, yes, that, you know, to a point. Um, and the people that are closest to us, lots of times we're like, well, we're not in a small group together. We're not in some kind of discipleship group together. And, and yet like the idea of discipleship is actually in your going learn the way of Jesus together. And, and and that's okay. It doesn't have to be formally, you know, run. And that's why I really do. Yeah, like I saw saying. somebody post, um, I thought it was kind of an interesting post. It was, you know, you can be, you can be a better disciple by not posting scripture mm. on social media and just living the way you're supposed to, yeah. because so many people post the right thing and don't live it. Oh, totally. And so I think that that's the thing, like journeying together, doing life together, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I think that's all learning about Jesus, learning about ourselves, learning about everything that he teaches us in the real life and in, 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 in the real world. Which leads then, I think, to, so I think from there we'll go to attractional because really what you were, I think what we're talking about is something that's not produced, something that is very um, authentic and real and good, that ultimately that will be attractional. And I don't know if we have to go deep into attractional, like it attracts people. Yeah. That's the idea. Well, I think... My my idea behind that comment is that we live in a day in a world mm. where I believe authenticity and realness and real people mm. attract people. Right. I think there's something, you know, like when you, you've, you've ever listened, you've obviously listened to a TED talk before. Once or twice. Once or twice. <clears throat> With a TED Talk, there's something raw about it. There's something mm. real. There's something, you know, like I every time I see uh, Simon Sinek, yep. he gets up and speaks. And he's just raw, real, open, tells you the truth, tells mm-hmm. it out as it is. And yet I can't keep my eyes off the screen. Mm-hmm. Tegan would tell you that um, she feels the same way about somebody like maybe a Joe Rogan who has, I think, still the number one podcast in the U.S. I could, I could be wrong with that. but I mean, I, it's I, no South Point Sessions. Okay, but. well, that's fair. But but the, the idea is that it's real. It's raw. It's it's open. Yeah. It's, it's not put on. It's not produced. It's not 
whatever we think is important to people. Yeah. And it's not. It he doesn't care. <laughs> that's the thing though. Like a lot of these guys just don't care. Like they are who they are and that's what it is. And but I, wasn't that Jesus? Yeah. He it, didn't He didn't but, placate. He didn't Yeah. He didn't say what people wanted him to say the way they wanted him to say it and mm. do the things that he they wanted. Like we've come to a point in our world where everything is about what I want you to do for me. Yeah. And yet the gospel is very contrary to that. It's what can you do for the gospel? What can you do for Jesus? It's not Mm. me, me, me. We're not, we become me monsters. And I think what made Jesus so cool was he, and so attractional was Mm. he was who he was and he said what he needed to say. And yet he still had people around him that he would allow speak to him. Mm-hmm. And yet he would also speak into their life. And sometimes like pretty harshly, but they all became better for it. And there's something about someone telling you, looking you right in the face and saying, Josh, you're being an idiot. Yeah. It happens a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think what is so, wh- I think what's so great about, that is like I've and this is and this is you know I'm probably gonna come off as jerkish but like I, I I find a lot of times the people that have the least amount of discernment on what is actually genuine lots of times are a lot of the Christian folks in my life, like, because we try to package things in a certain way where it's like, oh, yes, like that is good and great. Meanwhile, like behind the scenes, there's so many things going on. And what what's funny, like, especially where, where, where I work, um, they'll call out, like if it smells, they know it does. And they're like, well, that's dumb. And, and you can say what you want, like, oh, well, you know, they don't have the spirit of the Lord inside of them or like whatever. But I I think there is this innate part of being human where you're like, no, like that's something's off there. Like something's weird. And people, you know, don't get involved with things that make them feel uncomfortable or make them feel kind of off, off put. And then people will say things like, you know, Christians will say things like, oh, well, you know, people aren't going to church anymore. Yeah, but if there was, if they felt like there was something genuine there, people would be there. But there's obviously something that we're putting off Hmm. that isn't genuine and people don't want to be a part of it because of, you know, the past or history or whatever. And you can say, wow, you know, let's not get wrapped up in the past. But like, that's hard for people to get over. So I think that genuinely there's something not attractional about who we are because we just want to... Well, the fake is not attractional. No. Even the perception of fake Mm. is not attractional. Mm. And, And people can see through stuff. And it becomes put off it becomes a a a bad taste in your mouth Mm -hmm. when 
you're like, hmm, something's not right. We've we've all seen it. We've oh, seen yeah. it in people. Like you know, you know somebody, you, you see somebody, and you're like, hmm, there's something about that person. Yeah, and it's off-putting. And you may have no justifiable reason that you can think of it. And then later on, maybe it's confirmed or not confirmed. Yeah. Oh, but the same thing about, you know, a church or, or, or about you know, an organization, a business or something like you walk in and go, mm, mm, I don't know, there's something else. And yet yeah. then the opposite is true when you walk into a situation and you're like, wow, there, yeah, there's just something there. Yeah. There's something about that person I like, that group, that something just feels right. Mm-hmm. And I think that all boils down to this idea of, of being attractional. You're either attracted to it or you're kind of repelled from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's neutral, but you know, the, the Bible talks about in that revelations where neutral riding the fence, kind of pick a side, like yeah. get all in or all out or I'll, I'll throw, I'll spit you out if you don't. Well, I, so I started doing, um, um, a study out of, um, my version app, like the, the gospel project. I really love it. Like they, especially when they do the intros to books and stuff. So they do videos, which is really great because they kind of outline the entirety of the book. Uh, so this is Matthew, which is really great. But like at one point in the intro, it was a good reminder, like it, the, the way that they did this inter infographic thing, like the guy said, like, you know, the crazy thing about Jesus is that you have him, really being a person who people either really liked and they were mostly the average Joes, people that were neutral, but then folks that were totally against and pointed out like the people that were totally against were a lot of times the people that had the most to lose Mm. by Jesus actually being who he said said he he was. was. And I, I think that's, that's, why maybe I struggle with sometimes um, how ingrained people are inside of the church world, because it's like the people that see the genuineness of grace and Jesus and all that other stuff are folks that most church, ingrained church folks would never want to associate with. And to me, if that's what happened when Jesus is walking around on the planet, like, shouldn't we make those, those connection points? Yeah, you're giving people a lot of credit. What do you mean? Like you, you're, you would have to give people a lot of credit to see that. Like people don't, I, yeah, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, yeah. we, I would love to be that person, but most of us aren't. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very self, focused focused and it and and i'm admitting that as a person of the cloth the cloth what right? kind of cloth um it's like a silk um wow um but bought from value village it's tuesday it is senior's day senior's day at, at value village oh crazy which then leads to the fun aspect of things. I, I think that's really important too. I, I know so your silk from value village leads to fun. I mean, why can Well, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was at a funeral the other day. Uh, I, I was doing the funeral and, um, the, the kids made me, made it very clear that mom loved her herbs. 
Oh, like oregano, no, and all spice. No, and, and I, oh. I'm pretty sure in the funeral I said, um, "Yeah, she loved her herbs. She loved. I think I said rubbing herbs into her body or something. I think I said that because she was into essential oils and I didn't know how to. Anyway, and then I said, and other kinds. Oh my! <laughs> but the best part about the funeral, everyone started laughing because they like. They it, knew? It, it was out of control. Oh, yeah, yeah. They okay. were like, oh, yeah. She loved all that. Um, anyway, so fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So lead into fun. So, yeah. I mean, we just, you know, encouraging, attractional. Fun. Not, Who not wants being to fake? go to something boring? Yeah. Plain and simple. That yeah. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this. If you're not having fun with the people that you're around, hmm. uh, you're probably not wanting to be around them long. And the fun may look different. But it's true, though. Like your fun and my fun is the same fun, so we yeah. can hang out a lot and we have it's a fine. lot. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But like, if you're hanging out with people, or we're, you know, you're in a you're in a small group or a discipleship group or table group or social group, whatever those nice church group, ignite group, cohort, cadre, cadre group. If you're in one of those, and you're with a bunch of people that are like, you know they're all playing board games one night and yeah. you hate board games. You're not going to have fun. You're, you're that's going to be one and that's going to be another reason yeah. why you don't want to be there. Totally. And so fun leads into the attractional, like not authenticity and and genuineness, but if you're having fun with the people, even if you don't know them. We've all been to parties hmm. or situations where you don't know people, but it's a fun time and you're like I could totally hang out with those people again. We've also been to parties where you're like, I hope I... Is this a party? I never <laughs> see these people again. E- most right? most parties I go to are like that. But you don't normally like a lot of people. No, I, I, I like people. I just, I, I, I can't... Like, fun to me is like be, being yourself. But what what would you do for fun? Because... Reading a book, yeah, not, like you, I, okay. What is fun? Tell people, yeah. So, Josh Singh I, is fun when no, but like I, so fun to me, yeah. My, you know, wh- whatever, it's fine. Crypto, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what what I do love, I do love to laugh. Yeah, like I love having great conversations and just like laughing and losing it and whatever. Like that's one of my, one of my favorite things. That's why like I'm an extrovert. I enjoy people a ton. So when it is so stuffy or like, it's just uncomfortable because everyone's trying to hold back from saying certain things because they don't want to make you think that they're not spiritual or like, um, Cross a line. Cross a line. Like people get. You're waiting for some. They feel like somebody's waiting for someone in the room to just break the ice. And then 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 it all opens up, right? And people have fun. And and lots of times in my, you know, background, it wasn't like that. It was like a lot of me trying to just filter myself enough that people don't get offended uh, because, because uh, like, I mean, you know, I mean, we've been friends for a long time, like, mm-hmm. especially 20 years ago, I would be in a room and I would say something and it would just be like, why did, where did that come from? I think for the sake of this podcast, 
I would like you mm. to tell us the most offensive joke you can. Go. No, I can't. I'm joking. I, just, I can't. <laughs> I think the point there is... There was I, this guy one time. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it's just a that. A priest and a camel yeah. one time. <laughs> like, I, like what? Why is it always a priest, by the way? Well, there's actually a joke. It's very inappropriate, but my grandpa told me when I was a kid. <laughs> and like, I, but he was such a crazy guy. He was a guy Christmas time. Like this, I think this is where the fun comes in for me, right? Like, right. Uh, you know, family, not, you know, not quote unquote Christians, but like right. my grandpa would like take out his dentures, right. be, wear, be wearing underwear by, by the end of the celebration, on his head by the end right. of the celebration. Right. And like, it was crazy. But so now, you know, uh, my mom actually noticed this when she became a Christian. It was like, oh, these people are boring. <laughs> like, that's what she said. Because it was like, oh, we got to be like a really appropriate all the time. Right. And, you know, like there, nobody let loose. And oh, they're so stiff. This f- almost feels like in traditional church that if you had fun, there was a certain guilt Mm. That came came with it. There was a certain like, is Jesus gonna strike me mm. in church for laughing or for having a good time? Or you know, like it's almost yeah. like you weren't allowed to have a good time and have fun at church because it was very um it's a very religious ceremony. Mm-hmm. And anyways, that that's the whole point is we we God created us the way he made us. And I think he made some of us with a good sense of humor and, and made, made us to have fun and connect and joy and have joy. And, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. No, no. I mean, to be clear, just, just so that listeners understand, like we're not saying go off and, you know, pull a Dave Chappelle and start like, right. And and like, I don't, don't foghorn, the pastor when he's preaching and he makes a good point and yeah. start blowing a oh, foghorn. <laughs> or blowing a whistle. whistle. Remember whistles? Hey, oh, if, if yeah. Anyway, that's a whole subculture. Oh, thing. wow. We could do a whole 90s subculture, like youth group church thing. That would be a super extra fun podcast. I got in a lot of trouble for, for whistle. That's for a story for another time. Okay. Um, yeah. And the last thing is loving. So loving. I, so I think it, it all leads into this, but yeah. the idea is that community, uh, like intentional community is around loving. Um, and what I said on the weekend was around Jesus redefines love and says, well, that's not about how you feel. It's not about, um, you know, that's not the root of it. The root of love defined by Jesus in John 13 is really about like getting over yourself, becoming a servant and serving the other person to their benefit not necessarily to yours because that's what he does when he washes the disciples feet says to them later on this is the example i'm leaving for you and then finishes off that whole chapter 34 35 by saying this is how people are going to know that you're my disciples by the way that you love each other yeah so what does that look like well i think it looks exactly like you just described like we can talk the talk but if we don't walk the walk Mm. it won't matter it goes back to that thing I saw on social media where it was, you know, you can post a scripture verse, but if you're not living it, people are going to see yeah. past the scripture verse on social media and realize that person is a jerk to me. So, you know, like it, it doesn't take any energy or any effort to be kind to people. Mm. But when you talk about loving your neighbor or 
and you don't know your neighbor, you're not loving your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You're not being kind. You're not showing love. And the worst part is the Christians can't even show love to other Christians. Yeah. And so then the outside world is looking at Christianity and going, well, that's dumb. Why would I want to be a part of that? Like people, like, like people at my, people I know that aren't Christians treat other people that aren't Christians and Christians better yeah. than Christians treat Christians. But what you, what you just said is literally what Jesus outlines, right? Like yeah. they'll know that you're a part of me by the way that you love each other. Exactly. Oh, okay. So when you were not doing that, what are we saying to people? Like what we're saying is, well, we're not actually part of who Jesus actually is. And and, and it's so easy. It's mm-hmm. so easy to, to fall into the not loving. Yeah. It's easy to gossip about gossip about somebody. It's easy to do those, you know, you know, those spiritual prayers where they're very informative prayers. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, we pray for Sister Betty because she's just struggling with her husband and their finances and their and you've just literally laid out and you're not Gamble loving their lives they, away yeah. at the casino and they're not God. loving they're not loving they're yeah. they're doing everything but that <laughs> and then you know oh did you hear this person and it's so easy to fall into trying to make ourselves feel better look better mm-hmm. or at least our relationship isn't there or at least you know we have a job or at least you know we we do those things but to love somebody unconditionally is hard. Mm-hmm. It's work. And I think what ends up happening, and I was going to ask you this question is, have you been in a group? I mean, I know you have, mm. but there's been long seasons of my life where I haven't been in a group of people, a social community long enough mm-hmm. or in depth enough to even open myself up for love. Yeah. For someone to love me or for someone, for me to love somebody else, to sacrifice for them, for their gain or for their betterment, because I'm so closed off. I I don't open my world to that. And so we want people to love each other, but oftentimes it takes time. It takes time and it takes consistency and it takes effort. It takes work. It's one would would call it a marriage or a relationship or anything. You have to put effort into it. I see. I'm a big proponent of if the leaders aren't doing it, the people in the pews won't do it. And what's a, what's a pew, by the way? Well, we don't have them. We just have chairs. Oh, it's like where people sit down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the, like the wooden pews that if you fart, it echoes through the entire church. <laughs> that wooden pew. You know you've done it. <laughs> you know, or you've well, tried no. to prevent yourself from no, doing it. No, no. See, the thing is, I was grew up with padded pews. So, oh, so lucky. <laughs> so, uh, I think what you just said was um, about for you not opening up. I mean, part of it is that you're a pastor. Um, but I don't think people understand, like, pastors lots of times are some of the loneliest people in churches because they don't feel like they can be friends with anybody. 
um, and the people that they are friends with, lots of times, like, there's still a guardedness there. Right. Um, so my thing is, like, well, if the leaders have to show people, you know, what, what all of this looks like, and they can't turn around and actually truly be authentic and be friends with people and, and love people, you know, uh, unconditionally, but they're always being guarded by things, how do we expect people that are part of churches to turn around to love people and to not be guarded and to like create deep friendships with people around you. Cause I, I think a lot of times like it's easy for pastors to be super liked because they go somewhere for a few years, they play all their greatest hits. And once those are done, yeah. they move on somewhere else. It actually takes a lot of work to stay in one place and to like get through those greatest hits and then be like, well, we actually have to go beyond the story that I've told you a million times. Well, you go from your greatest hits to your greatest weaknesses. Yeah. And people start to see the real you, the true you. And there is, you know, let's be honest, love and love in our social groups and loving somebody, it's a messy business. Mm -hmm. Because you see the good, the bad, the ugly in everyone. And it's true love that ties that all together when it's bad. Mm -hmm. It ties it all together when it's messy and, you know, there's marriages on the line or friendships yep. on the line or kids are, or, or a job loss or somebody's lost a spouse or a yep. parent or whatever. And they're just breaking down and you can still love them and not cast them out. And, mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, in today's day and age, if we disagree, you yep. know, it's just easy for me to, boot you to the curb and go, well, you know, until you fit into my perfect world of my perfect ideology of what I think my worldview is, mm -hmm. if you don't fit into that, then I'll find someone else who does. But that, that's not Jesus. That's not the gospel. Jesus was surrounded by riffraff and weird people and, and he loved them and he loved the guys closest to them. Mm -hmm. So much so that Guys denied him. Mm -hmm. Guys doubted him. Yeah, his closest and friends. His closest people to him. Yeah. And he still loved them. And I think that's what it is. It, it's about allowing yourself to get to that point mm -hmm. where someone can speak truth to you in love. Mm -hmm. And it change you. It make you better. You can have fun mm -hmm. while doing it all. And in the midst of that, the people around you are like, hey, man, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that environment. I want to be part of that group. And it's um, just a wonderful thing to be a part, like a, a group that is life-changing and, and it encourages you. On, and when you walk away, you're like, that was awesome. I feel like a better person. Mm -hmm. I, I want to get closer to Jesus. I want to get closer to them. I feel like I could take on the world. I'm not depressed this day. I can go and go to work tomorrow and, you know, whatever. And that's all of those things together. Makes a pretty sweet social group. Oh, and food. Yes. Always food. Well, I just assume that was a given from the beginning of this whole conversation. Yeah. At the at, at the Bombay's, it's the Keurig for me. Yeah. Well, you, you literally have your own setting on our Keurig. Uh, I mean... You don't know how to use it. You literally no. come in every time and don't know how to use it, but... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, this was, I think, a very uh, good conversation. Hopefully, it was very helpful to everyone listening. And, uh, you know, 
Grandma liked her herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Have, have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>